Hi everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. So today, Chris and I haven't got the standard This Week in Watches news format. We've got an interview and we're joined by a very special guest, Justin, who is from the local Rolex AD here in Orlando. So very warm welcome to you, Justin. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, thank you, Sam. Uh, thank you, Chris, for having me. I'm very excited to, to be doing this interview and uh, talk some watches. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, should we kick it off with a wristwatch check then? So this should be eventful. Chris, do you want to kick it off? Sure, sure. So uh, uh, this weekend uh, was was having a hard time figuring out what to what to bring, but uh, settled on a my Zin One Hundred and Three Bell and Ross. And uh, sure, Sam will post my my cool Instagram photo that I had. Um, it's got a it's got a uh, worn and wound leather strap that I've got some good compliments on over on Instagram. And uh, this is my my chronograph and my go-to so it was fun um weekend uh racing around with the car up in up in the mountains and then stopping for some fancy dinner etc so that was that was the pick for me have you got any good shots of the porsche uh, not yet not yet but soon to soon to hit the instagram <laughs> <laughs> well justin do you want to go next what uh, what are you wearing Sure, sure. So, um, I mean, this was kind of bad timing because my favorite timepiece that gets most of the wear, I have a 19018. It is a solid yellow gold day date oyster quartz. I actually, I actually just sent that to get the blue dial so I can't show it, but I'm wearing my uh, day date 36, or I'm sorry, day just 36 with a silver, silver dial, smooth bezel. It's a great, great everyday piece. Um, you know, you can dress it up, dress it down. It can be a nice, you know, weekend beater as well. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I might as well do mine. And uh, bad news is we can't do Rolex update anymore on the channel. But the good news is that's because the Rolex came in. So I'm wearing the, <laughs> yeah, the 41, OP41 in the blue dial. For, uh, Justin gave me the, the call before, said he had one in. I had originally was was really after the green dial. So I thought, oh, I'll go in and check the blue. But the blue is, I wasn't expecting it to look quite as good as it looks. It definitely changes in the light. It's beautiful, really. And I know I've got an obsession about the date, but I'll probably get over it on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. so I'll throw some pictures nice. up here. So you were, you were, Sam, you were originally, so you were originally going for the green and then you you, you decided on the blue? I know you had like your 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 a couple of options i think you had like asked for a couple i remember when justin and i first met in the rolex ad you said to me didn't you choice have a few choices because of the supply i picked the green dial op 41 mm-hmm. and then the date just with the silver dial uh, sorry not silver dial the slate gray dial mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then one with the the blue dial but with the smooth bezel and mm-hmm. this one happened to come in first and yeah really really happy with it first rolex i've ever owned my wife's got one but this is the first one i've ever properly owned that's probably that's probably good it's it's better that the wife has had the first rolex that's good (laughs) you get you get points (laughs) for that (laughs) it's yeah it's a mother's as well so she's borrowed it from a a mum, and it's a really nice one it's i think it's a 26 mil uh date just with a pearl dial and then the roman roman numerals yeah because then it's like, because then it's no big deal. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna get one for myself. So you've had it only for a couple hours now. I mean, like, so what are you, what are your like, your thoughts? That's a great question. Initial thoughts were, I'm as viewers to the show know, 
I'm really funny about metal bracelets. They either don't fit me well or they're just uncomfortable in some cases. The only one that I've ever found that fitted me really well was the Breitling B1 that I've got, but I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the fit of this bracelet. I've filmed lots of Rolexes before, usually the Submariners. I think this is the first OP, certainly of this size that I've ever felt, and I'm amazed at how light the bracelet is and how thin it is. Do, do, do people say that to you? When, when you compare it to some of the older, older bracelets, um, I mean, the new bracelet is definitely a little more substantial, you know, with the solid center links. Mm. Um, on the previous OPs, they did not have the, the micro adjustment, you know, so the, this model, I think with the, with the micro adjustment and the bracelet, I, I, I haven't really heard much bad feedback. Um, everything's been definitely, definitely really good. I mean, that, that watch is, in my opinion, probably the best bang for your buck that you can get. It's $5,900. It's got the, you know, 70 hour power reserve. That's actually the same movement that's in the, in the new non-date Submariner. Um, you know, so it's, it's very, 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 uh, very robust, you know, a great everyday watch. Um, and that blue is just absolutely stunning. Justin, you were telling me some interesting things about the the other colors that I thought the green was the most sought after. But you were telling me that what people call the Tiffany blue, but it isn't Tiffany blue, is it? It's like the turquoise the Rolex call it. Turquoise. Yeah. Well, so so to be honest, the the, the Oyster Perpetuals are probably, and actually not a lot of people know this, is one of the hardest watches at the moment to get. They were just released at the end of September 2020. So what happened with those is as a company, we were actually able to take 20% deposits and actually order them for the first two weeks. And I, and I don't think that Rolex was ready for the feedback that we were going to get because we took so many deposits that within two weeks, they actually cut us off. Oh, and interesting. Si- since then, we haven't even gotten a quarter way through those deposits um, you know, cause they're just coming in so slow, but definitely the most requests we have is for the, the turquoise, the green and the coral red. Those, those are like the, the top three. Um, my favorites, my favorite, I, I, I do love the green. If you're new to Rolex, they're bold color choices, aren't they? But they have done similar things in the past, haven't they? With the use of color. They have, they have. Um, one of the dial makers for Rolex, I guess, was Stella. If you go back to, and look at some of the Stella dials, like on, on the day dates, they've done like a, like a taxi, taxi yellow, like the one you see in the OP now. They've done that at Coral Red. Um, that turquoise, I, I'm not sure if I've seen any, anything like that before, but I mean, that's just very unique. Yeah, those. I mean, when they came out with the colors, it was certainly kind of hit everybody. You know, uh, we were we were discussing, you know, this time around this year, um, and the new watches that you know the the subtle changes that Rolex made, the the movement change, and you know, with the different things, and and everyone was kind of disappointed. But I mean, that that in that intro with those colors was a big thing for them, and and interesting to hear the backstory of how you guys took deposits and ordered them and they're still you're still working on that well we dive straight into the rolex chat then and we didn't go we uh, did we dive straight into the rolex chat but justin i would love to we normally kick the interviews off with how how did you get into watches i think first of all yeah sure so when i actually when i moved to orlando 
you know, I was just a college kid going to school and, you know, looking for a small part-time job and walked around the mall. And I went straight into Macy's and um, I had an interview on the spot and she was like, okay, well, so where would you like to work? Um, We have men's clothing, men's shoes, and we've got fine jewelry and watches. And, you know, so I thought, you know, jewelry and watches that actually that's, that's different. You know, I, I, I do love watches, you know, at the time I, all I knew was, you know, Rolex really. Um, but so, so I immediately accepted, I said, you know, watches and jewelry, that sounds, that sounds really fun. And not knowing much about the, the timepiece world they had at the time they had Tag Heuer, they had Gucci, Tissot, Seiko, Belova, and I, I just, I fell in love with watches. And with Tag Heuer being our highest brand, I, I of course, gra- uh, uh, gravitated towards Tag. And Tag was kind of like my first love, helped me grow that passion for watches. Quickly, they, they, they made me the Tag Heuer ambassador, you know, selling a bunch of Formula Ones, Carreras, and uh, things of that nature, the Monaco, which is one of my, still one of my favorites. And from there, you know, I just uh, started walking around, you know, cause the mall at millennia is it's become like the watch Mecca of Orlando. There's so many different stores, Breitling, there's Omega, there's Hublot, of course, Rolex, uh, Mare's Jewelers carries a bunch of other brands. And I eventually landed a gig with Mayor's. And they sell down there. We sold everything from Panerai, IWC, JLC, Vacheron, Tudor. They made me the the Panerai ambassador. So I mean, I'm I'm big into Panerai. I, I I love the you know the Italian heritage behind it. From there, you know, moved up to Rolex. Quite quite a tour there. <laughs> I don't know if it's just a Florida thing, but Mayers is Watches of Switzerland Group, is it? They are. They're a part of the same company, Watches of Switzerland. So if you've ever been to any of the Watches of Switzerland, like in Soho, like that's one of the bigger boutiques in New York. Um, we've got, I think, our flagship stores down south in Miami. Um, but Mayers is, you know, they're they're everywhere in Florida from, you know, down south all the way um, up north to even Georgia. Up until your time at Rolex, which was your favorite brand to sell? You mentioned Tag. Any other favorites you had? I actually got, um, I met a client that, um, I'm not going to go into detail, but he very, very wealthy client. Like his bank account ends in a B. And he loved like high horology timepieces. So I've had the opportunity to sell um, like a bunch of uh, Gigi Lacoutes, like gyro tourbillons, minute repeaters, and things of that nature. And, you know, not many people get to get to handle those watches, you know, mm-hmm. and when it comes to when it comes to, you know, retail, retail watches. But um, I've sold some high end Vacheron Constantin as well, tourbillons and just, just absolutely stunning pieces that it, it's like a once in a lifetime thing to actually try one on your wrist and be able to get the opportunity to sell one of those pieces, let, let alone multiple of them. You have to specially order those in then. If you've never purchased a Gégé Lacoutte before, you know, you, of course you start with 
maybe a reversal here and there, perpetual calendar. And then, you know, kind of like Rolex, you slowly work your way up to some of those finer pieces. And I, we actually cultivated the top collector of JLC in North America within a year and a half. Hmm. And, yep. Yep. Wow. And <laughs> yeah. So it, it, extremely blessed for that. I feel like JLC has one, is one of those brands that has the entry level, like you said, the reverse on that piece, but they're th- that um, the move into their high horology stuff is quick and steep. So like they go very rapidly. Like there's, there's not a lot of the middle. It's like, okay, well this is $33,000. And you're like, Oh, 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 okay. Aren't we? <laughs> Can we go back to the other table? <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. Well, we'll go to the 50 and the 70 and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vacheron seems to be getting talked about a lot more than I remember. Did you see an uptick in in Vacheron? You know what I did. Um, I left. I left that store in the end of maybe beginning two thousand seventeen, and it it seems like the the watch market really flipped on its head, like just like that overnight. Um, but prior to leaving, to be completely honest, it it an overseas sale it it wasn't the easiest sale it's not like it is today mm-hmm. um I, at one point i remember seeing you know a blue dial chrono a non chrono they they all come with the with the different strap options so you get a rubber you get a leather and you get the bracelet and in my opinion that's probably one of the nicest finished watches in the watch community is is the is the overseas and it wasn't the easiest sell so they 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 basically weren't flying off the shelves like they are now um i mean you know now if you walk into walk into the store and and ask for an overseas i mean just forget about it you know you're gonna you're gonna be waiting a long time do you think with the the demand for rolex clearly outstripping the supply do you think it's made room for these other brands to really showcase themselves where perhaps they were more enthusiast brands or certainly people that had more than one or two watches i mean you don't often hear as vacheron being somebody's first watch that they buy i think so if i didn't i mean you know i'd be lying if if i didn't say you know someone came in looking for a submariner and we don't have it and then they go and walk across the street and get a um like a like a seamaster from omega or something like that i also think that some of the brands are are is is kind of you know, following what Rolex does, um, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of availability and some, you know, a little bit harder to get. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's made, it's made most of these brands become a little bit more exclusive because of it. Hmm. Interesting. Chris and I have talked about this on the channel that there's a lot of brands that are trying to emulate Rolex, but they don't, play by the same rules omega for example it has rolex has got its core watch collection omega seems to it has its cores but it also seems to do a lot of limited editions or it might try some different variants and i think it can confuse people especially the i I did a video recently on the speedmaster line and i think there's something like over a hundred watches that they sell that falls under speedmaster yeah it's like speedy tuesday you know you see a different one on, on instagram like 
you know, every single Tuesday, there's just, and it's, it makes it difficult to keep up with it. I mean, in my personal opinion, I feel like that that kind of hurts the Speedmaster in a way, you know, that they, mm-hmm. that they release a special edition. Like it seems like every other day, Rolex has never done, you know, limited numbered pieces. Really all you see from them is like maybe a anniversary piece here and there. Um, you know, like the, like the anniversary Submariner, you know, the original Kermit or, you know, even the, the platinum date, the current platinum Daytona was, it was the, the 50th anniversary for the Daytona, but yeah, numbered pieces, Rolex, it doesn't really do anything like that. All right, let's get into the good stuff. Let's put, let's, let's put them on the spot. <laughs> Go for it, Chris, if you had a, if you had a question. Yeah. In mind. Well, I mean. I mean, what do you what do you uh, what do you think of our uh, our dilemma as a as as someone who's an enthusiast? So you you know you have a I'm sure you have a, a handful of watches. I mean, I would assume. So as someone who's an enthusiast, what what is your take? Can you help us out on your take of what we see when we walk in to the Rolex AD and the shelves are, and the cupboards are bare? You know, sure. How 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 do you what do, what do you say to that? How do you sort of help us out with that? So when it comes down to it, you know, us as sales professionals, of course, we want to sell watches. Sometimes, you know, we get the client in there and it it seems like they may feel we don't want to sell them watches, but that's not the case. Of course, you know, we, we, we make our money by selling watches, but it's truly the case of supply and demand. Um, You know, if they were to send us a million watches, we would sell them every single piece. But, you know, the, the, the process now is, you know, you come into the store, you um, provide all your information, we add you to what's called a registry of interest. And, you know, we just ask for a little bit of patience, because as soon as it comes in, we'll, we'll 100% give you a call. What's funny is, that seems completely reasonable. But, but yet you, you tell that to uh, a bunch of crazy watch nerds and we start thinking about some sort of uh, cabal, some secret handshake back door. <laughs> right. Well, but tell us about the smoke and mirrors, you know, like what was going, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, part of it, I think that what, what really hurts the watch community as well is the overwhelming amount of watch flippers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it seems like they're kind of ruining it for, for all the watch enthusiasts, you know, the people who, you know, are, are celebrating, uh, you know, a graduation or, you know, just got a new job. Mm-hmm. It, it really, it really um, affects those, those types of clients, you know, because mm. the, the reseller is just looking to buy the watch and then immediately yep. turn around and just resell it. Hmm. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. that I mean this one is staying with me. This was I turned forty. I know I know I don't look it, but I turned forty <laughs> in November. So th- so this is this is a meaningful piece to me. I like the security of knowing that it it will likely go up in value. But when you talk about the you mentioned the turquoise dial to me, and and it was rare. So I just had a cheeky look on Chrono Twenty Four, and the money they're going for seems almost intoxicating if you had one it, it seems mm-hmm. almost like because i can't think of another brand maybe hermes with the birkin bag or where you buy something and 
immediately it goes the other way. It's you expect something to to go down. Like if you right. bought a tag or, or or anything like that, you've worn it. It's pre-owned. Right. But Rolex right. is almost it's built up such a, a mystique around it that that they're going for a lot more after it. And I, I don't know how you would how you could combat that as an AD. I mean, Chris and I have talked about implementing like blockchain technology or something like that so you know who the owner is and if that what if you ever see that watch again maybe it's the serial number or there's a uh nfc chip did i get that right chris nfc Mm -hmm. or nfr chip in the watch then at least you know but i don't know how how is an how as an ad how you would ever how how you could ever possibly combat that i I feel like that that may be above be be above my pay grade Mm -hmm. but I mean, there's there's been so many different things thrown around, different ideas. But I mean, to be honest, I, I I still I don't think that they've really really figured out the right process just yet. Mm. It you know it feels, and I just thought of this analogy. It feels like you guys are selling out front row tickets to the concert, and you've got a number of front row tickets that are the seat value that the that the place gave you so they're you know $180 and everybody knows that the scalper can go and get 5 6 700 for those front row seats and there's only so many front row seats that you can get and so you guys are sort of stuck in this place where you don't want to hand out 15 front row seats to you know this guy that's just going to turn around and flip them on and sell them but at the same time, you you know you you're kind of in an you know in in a hard situation because you you still want to make money you still want to you know from you know um, so if someone did come to you and said oh I'll buy five seats or whatever um, and then like you said you have the you know you have the you know the dad who wants to take their kid to the show and wants you know and wants them wants to give them that like amazing experience to have front row seats and they show up at your store and you just you have nothing for them and so. You guys are kind of in a in a catch twenty two tough situation there for that, and then trying to figure out from your perspectives how you can solve that. Part of it is, I mean, don't get me wrong. Rolex is, and I'm not just saying this because I work for the brand. I, I've owned multiple. It, it just seems like there's there's just nothing better than putting a Rolex on your wrist, and the emotions that it makes you feel as soon as you put it on. The, the accurate timekeeping I, uh, I've, I've read out there that, you know, there's a lot of people who think that Rolexes are not accurate, but that is not the case. I have yet to see one that is not up to Rolex's standards. Um, Sam, the, the current one on your wrist is plus two minus two seconds. So um, yeah. you, you, uh, you follow that and then you uh, come back and let <laughs> me know, yeah. um, you know, how accurate that is yeah. but it, it, part of it I, I also think is hype because i've been doing this for almost a decade now and i remember at one point there was a original kermit that sat in my pre-owned case for almost a year and that was a piece that we couldn't get rid of you know we we would have submariners we'd have milgaus you know you, you name it and they at one point and this wasn't very long ago i would say maybe 2015 2016 and you, you just you, you you couldn't 
give it away at the moment. I mean, not not give it away, but it it, it was a it's more a, difficult yeah. sell. But yeah. now it's just it just seems like because it's the hot watch and you can you know automatically resell it for double its value just for those reasons some people want to just you know buy it and just re- resell it it's a shame for the watch community because and we've chris and i have talked about this countless times on the channel is every person who is who's had a rolex for 20 years there was a there was a reason why they got it. It was a promotion mm. at work. It was when their child was born. They retired or something like that. They've all they all have a story. Like everybody I know who's had a Rolex for any length of time, there's a story associated with it. It now it seems like that is beyond the reach of beyond beyond the reach of a lot of people because because they are such. But you you're right in what you say. I mean, I I went on. It's probably been two months, which is a fantastic i kept in regular contact with you you told me to give you options and i gave you options so i definitely stick at it if you're if you're on that rolex ad list for sure i think there's this perception of the the sports models being almost impossible to get the submariners and things like that is that the truth is are these are they very hard to come by even the standard sort of no date submariners and today uh 100 most likely yeah um definitely definitely difficult to get prior to covid it it wasn't as hard as it is today today i think it's a mixture of a lot of things the factory was shut down for six months um and it takes about a full year to produce a single rolex and with the six month shutdown um, when they reopened they were back at i believe like 25 percent for a couple months capacity and on top of that, the, you know, they just had a big release, um, as you know, with the, the Explorers and the Explorer 2. The, the demand is just sky high. It's, it's hotter than it's ever been. And with, with, with that mixture, with the supply and demand, it's, it, it is quite some time to, to get anything from, uh, from the new 36 millimeter Explorer to a Submariner to a Milgauss. To a, a Daytona Explorer was quite. It wasn't controversial, was it? But I think people mentally built it up to be that there was going to be something really big done to the Explorer. And I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed that they didn't they didn't get that fiftieth anniversary one. Did you did you see that in people? Did you see a decrease in people asking for the new one, or was there no effect? Clients were 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 a little upset. And, and as were I, but it, you know, it seems like, it seems as if we go through this every single year. So I'm not very surprised by it, you know, um, because you have everyone, you know, thinking they're going to do this and they're going to do that. (laughs) And it, it just, it, it seems like Rolex always does the opposite of what, what, what everyone's predictions is. Yeah. Yeah. But I want, but I wanted the blue one. one? (laughs) Every time. Yeah. I'm sure you get that every time. It's like, yeah, well they didn't make the blue one this time. So (laughs) we don't do our own Rolex predictions. We just say what everybody else is predicting because we just, yeah, we, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't want to swerve into that lane. We're just like, we're like, what is, all right, what, what is, what are other people predicting? (laughs) Yeah. You wonder whether, whether the way that, because people build it up so much, whether anybody will ever be truly happy with what they what they release i know the uh, i know we we i wasn't a huge fan of that two-tone explorer i don't really understand it but 
there's probably a person out there that looks at that thing and thinks it's the the most beautiful watch they've ever seen in their life. The new releases just started rolling in, and I did get to see firsthand the new Explore 36 and stainless, and also the Rolosaur model. The 36, I think, is really nice. It, you know, they're going back to their heritage. It, it has a very vintage feel feel to it. The steel and gold is not not my favorite. It's still still a great looking watch. One of the things I believe that a lot of people don't like is the the taper all the way down to the buckle. The center links, it seems like they had made them a little bit skinnier. And, and the taper is just very small where the, where the buckle is all the way to the, to the, to the bottom links. Mm-hmm. But I mean, otherwise it's, it's, it's a great watch. I'm actually thinking about getting one for myself. It, interesting. You mentioned it and you guys were talking earlier in the, in the, in the show about the bracelets. It, it's interesting. Cause like if you compare a, you know, a Rolex bracelet from the seventies, like where, you know, on a 30, 36 or 34 watch where it tapers down. I mean, that watch was like, you know, super thin, jangly metal, you know, this sort of thing. And so now you have customers that are like, you know, they, they, they want the look, but you're, you know, now you're like, listen, this is solid all the way through. Like, this is not, this is not coming apart. This is a, you know, this is finished, perfect, et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, right. But it's just like really thin. And you're like, but that's what we thought you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely one of the things that I do admire admire about the the Rolex brand. For instance, you're going back to our our Omega conversation. It seems every single year, every other month, they're releasing a new model or or a new you know configuration, you know this and that. Whereas Rolex, all of their models are almost the same. What they've done is just every single year they've worked on making it making it better, making it more accurate, you know, making the bracelet better, you know, things like that. And that, that I think really sets them apart because they're really going for perfection, which is, which is, you know, definitely a, a, a great trait that, that Rolex strives for. Rolex is definitely slow and steady wins the race, aren't they? Whereas Omega, when it has a hit, I think it partially comes as a surprise to them, like the original Snoopy I'm thinking of. But then they've, they've, then they've done some huge releases that you never really hear of. The, the all-titanium Aquaterra is a prime example of this. I, I, not a handful, but I bet you their sales figures on that all-titanium Aquaterra must be nothing in comparison. And, and I've seen some of the, you know, I, we were at the Omega Boutique, and I've seen some of the high horology pieces that they've done with, you know, uh, tourbillon, you know, movements, et cetera. And I mean, their escapements and et cetera, you know, there's just these crazy uh, horology pieces that they've done that I feel you don't hear about. Like, I feel like, you know, if, if Rolex were to do an open heart tourbillon, every single website on the planet that does anything with watches would be like, do, do, do ships at sea. Like what is happening? And like full <laughs> screen picture, right? It's full stop. But yeah, you know, Omega can just like, oh yeah, this is our, you know, this is our 15 piece, you know, open heart tourbillon that, you know, costs, you know, uh, the cost of a house and it's fine. But, you know, it, but, but I feel like they kind of do it to themselves because they'll just, they'll try to, they'll try to just like capitalize. They're just like what sticks, like throw and see what sticks versus a method of, you know, this is the Submariner. This, we're going to make this, we're going to try to make this better. 
every year or every five years, whenever we change the, you know, we're going to put a better movement in it. We're going to put the better materials in it, et cetera, et cetera. So. Has there ever been a model that you got in that you thought to yourself, oh, this is not going to, this is not going to do well. And it, it did. Maybe I should expand that beyond just Rolex, but. I'm 100% sure there is. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, maybe not with Rolex. Um, actually, you know what? The, those new Panerai Dues, the, the ultra thin, um, you know, it's, oh, like a, right. it's, it's, like a, it's like a dressier uh, Luminor. I don't know if you're familiar uh, right. with those. Uh, yeah. The one with the, like, it, the controversy only had like 30 meter water resistance or something. Is, is that yes. that one? And people are like, why would you put do that on a dive watch? Right. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. You know, so it, it kind of has the look. It, it's, it's, you know, it's much skinnier. They, they do the much smaller uh, diameter case as well. I mean, when I remember when, when I saw that, I was just like, that. this is not... Panerai, you know, this is mm. a, you know, this is a Italian, you know, military dive watch, you know, and, you know, so, um, some of the, the original divers are probably turning over in their graves, you know, like, like <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. surprisingly, I mean, from what I'm hearing now, and, you know, from when they originally came out, they were actually doing very well. Um, you know, the, the Panerai client, I think was, you know, they, they love their Panerais, but they wanted something a little bit thinner, something that will fit under a dress cuff, something a little more sleek, and they got it. And they've been doing well from, from my understanding. Justin, have you ever seen any of the really really kind of out there ones? I'm thinking of like the rainbow dial, um, rainbow diamonds, or the one that was like the leopard leopard daytona or yes yes so i I've, I've seen both i've seen the wildcat i've seen the rainbow which is literally like a like a unicorn when you see the the detail that goes into like sourcing those those sapphires and the way that it blends all the way around the bezel it is absolutely stunning i i haven't had the um the the luck to actually sell one yet but i'm hoping you know one of these days i'll be able to sell one um but that the the rainbow if if i could own one watch even though it's 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 very blingy you know it it's still a rolex and they make it even though it's a dressy watch they make it so it, it's still a practical everyday watch you could still wear it every single day the clients that we have sold them to they wear them every day and absolutely love them on last week's episode and we got a little bit of stick for it in the comments we were talking about the prevalence of watch youtubers reviewing super cloned rolexes in the guise that they were doing good to the community because they were pointing out that this is how good the fakes have got our argument was that it actually it can also work as an advert for those. I know you can't speculate on this, but it's got quite scary, I would say, especially around Rolex and things like that, these super clones. I mean, do you ever have people coming in the store asking you to authenticate Rolexes? Is that a service that you even do? Rolex actually does not provide the authentication service. Really, the only way that you can 100% tell, um, you know, let's say you get an absolute 
replica to the T, you know, it has a, uh, you know, Japanese movement in it, you know, it's keeping great time. It, you, you can't distinguish the difference between this or, or, or a real one. What I recommend is sending it out for a movement service. And if you get a quote, you know, it's real. If they just send it back, then, you know, it's fake. But I, I mean, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time. But there are some out there that have, you know, slipped through the mm-hmm. cracks, and and mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know. So you sent them off for a service, and they've come, they've kind of come back. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, and that's not too, you know, that's not too expensive. I mean, if you think about the value of the Rolex, it's not too expensive piece of, uh, piece of mind to have it. You know, once if you're if you're obtaining it used, and you just want peace of mind. It doesn't yeah. seem it doesn't seem too bad to do oh, that. Certainly. Especially especially when you're spending that type of money. You know, you definitely you definitely want to have that peace of mind that, you know, what what on your wrist is one hundred percent authentic. Right. Yeah. And that was ultimately what Sam and I, you know, you know, we talked about how that sort of makes you feel with these, you know, with these fakes going around, but then it just comes down to like, you, you know, for us and, and for most people, it, it has to be, it has to be real. It's, otherwise you're just fooling yourself. Maybe we'll do some merch with this on, but I always say, uh, you can fake the watch, but you can't fake the history and the romance that the watch, the watch company has around itself. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. Maybe we'll do some merch. but so uh, (laughs) before we finish up here justin it's been fantastic thank you so much for joining us if if i'm new to watch collecting and i really have my heart set on a submariner so we've all all, already talked about don't be afraid to go into an ad Uh, we've already talked about have realistic expectations with some options but is there any other advice that you'd give somebody about if they've got their heart set on a sports model? The, the advice I would give is kind of similar to what I gave you. Uh, you know, you came in, you wanted one or two pieces. Try, try to search the entire collection. You know, um, there, there are other watches out there that, that's in the collection that are extremely nice as well. Um, you know, and give, give all of those options and, you know, keep your, you know, keep your mind open to maybe owning something a little bit different. But the more pieces that you are interested in, the sooner you can probably obtain one. You know, for instance, you know, let's say you are stuck on a a stainless steel date sub and there are already, you know, 500 people waiting for one. I mean, I mean, who knows when, when, when you'll get one. Definitely, you know, just just have an open mind and, and you know, be uh, try to open up, you know, open up your mind into own, owning maybe a like a date just or, um, you know, something different. Uh, I mean, even if you wanted to stay in the professional collection, maybe a Milgauss, maybe one of the new explorers. And not to put you on the spot with the you mentioned a number there and not to give, you know, certainly without, you know, too much detail there are we really looking at that level like you said 500 is that really like we're dealing with those kind of numbers <laughs> so i mean 500 that was just a, a number i threw yeah, out there yeah, yeah. but i i i would imagine it, it isn't in the hundreds there there are a lot of people out there for a submariner um you know like like also even if if you want just a submariner you know there there's a non date option there's the date option there's the rollasor 
Rolosaur Blue, there's the Rolosaur with the black dial. I mean, you know, and the, those are all great options as well. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's a good point. Even within the even within the in the sub sort of the sub uh, sub model. Yeah, but the, the yeah the uh, the most important thing is you know we we definitely just ask for the patience because you know um, you know like I said we we do want to sell these timepieces. It, it's it just it's just a matter of of getting them in the store and then getting them on your wrist. Well, while we're talking about the store, do you want to give a shout out? Give the the details of where where people can find you. I am in the Rolex boutique at the Mall at Millennia in Orlando, Florida. My name is Justin. So if if there's anything that you're after, I'm I'm more than happy to to help and um, help you obtain you know your dream watch. Well, Justin, that's been great. Uh, Guys, let us know if you've got any questions in the comment section. Also, let us know what you thought of this upload. Justin, we really appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. So thanks for watching and for listening over on iTunes. And we'll see you all next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.